Our scripture today is the same as last week's. In fact, I'm going to kind of pick up in the middle of it, actually, um, because that's kind of what we're going to focus on today. So if you would turn with me to the Gospel of John, chapter 4, beginning with verse 25. As we uh, looked last week, Jesus had been talking to a Samaritan woman at uh, the well in Sychar. And as they talked, Jesus revealed what he knew about her and her life. And they spoke of worship. And finally, she says, I know that Messiah is coming, said the woman the one they call the anointed. When he comes, he'll tell us everything. I'm the one, the one speaking to you right now, said Jesus. Just then Jesus' disciples came up. They were astonished that he was talking with a woman. But nobody asked, what did you want? Or why were you talking with her? So the woman left her water jar, went into the town, and spoke to the people. Come on, she said. Come and see a man who told me everything I ever did. You don't think he can be the Messiah, do you? So they left the town and were coming out to him. Meanwhile, the disciples were nagging him. Come on, Rabbi, they were saying. You must have something to eat. I've got food to eat that you know nothing about, he said. Nobody's brought him anything to eat, have they? Said the disciples to one another. My food, replied Jesus, is to do the will of the one who sent me and to finish his work. Don't you have a saying, another four months, then comes harvest? Well, let me tell you, raise your eyes and see. The fields are white. It's harvest time already. The reaper earns his pay and gathers crops for the life of God's coming age so that sower and reaper can celebrate together. This is where that saying comes true. One sows, another reaps. I sent you to reap what you didn't work for. Others did the hard work, and you've come into the results. Several Samaritans from that town believed in Jesus because of what the woman said and evidence about him. He told me everything I did. So when the Samaritans came to him, they asked him to stay with them, and he stayed there two days. Many more believed because of what he said. We believe too, they said to the woman, but it's no longer because of what you told us. We've heard him ourselves. We know that he really is the one. He's the Savior of the world. This is the Word of God for the people of God. Last week we looked at the state of the world, the way that the world is at this point, and talked a little bit about the trouble and turmoil and strife that we see. And I suggested that maybe, just maybe, all of these things that we see going on are signs not of the downfall of our society, but rather that they may be signs that the world is becoming ready to receive the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ. This is all well and good, and it is my fervent prayer that this is the case. But if that is the case, what then? Where do we go from there? 
Can we expect the world to just suddenly realize that it has a God-sized hole in its life and that only Jesus has what is necessary to fill that hole and to come running and to the churches and saying, oh, we know what you have and we want what you've got? Of course not. If there is to be a revival, then there is going to have to be workers. And this is where we come in. And so let us return to our text in the Gospel of John to see what our role in all of this is. So, we kind of pick up where the disciples return. If you remember last week, Jesus is at the well. The disciples have gone into town to go and get some food. And in the meantime, Jesus meets a Samaritan woman at the well in the middle of the day when no one really should have been going to the well to get water. And he talks with her, talks to her about her life. And she takes off and runs to go and tell everybody in town about Jesus. The disciples show up pretty much dumb about everything that's been going on. And I'm not really even sure if they accomplished what they went into town to do. It said that they had gone into town to get some food and they start talking to Jesus about that he needs to eat something. And Jesus says, I have food that you're not aware of. And so they basically kind of stand there talking with each other, more or less saying, does Jesus have a sandwich stashed somewhere that we're not aware of? He's got food that we're not aware of. Maybe he's got a snack. Our, our kids are always, if they're getting munchy, they'll say, I need a meal bar. Do you have a meal bar? They like those granola bars and meal bars that they've got. They'll say, you have a snack? Uh, my dad and stepmom there, granddaughter, she always said, I want a snack. I want a snack. And this is where Jesus begins to shift the conversation around to what his expectation of them was to be. He says, my food is to do the work of the one that sent me. And he shifts into a discussion of the harvest. It says the field is white, meaning it's, it's ripe. It's ready, ready to be brought in. Now, there's a couple things that might be going on here. Number one, and the one that seems most apparent, is that this kind of goes over the disciples' heads, that they're kind of oblivious and they're having a dumb day. I know I have those days once in a while. Things just don't seem to go into the brain very well. There's another possibility too, though, and that is that they may have looked around and said, well, what harvest is Jesus talking about here? We understand the idea of the great harvest to come, but all we see around here is a bunch of Samaritans. Surely God doesn't care at all about them. Maybe it's a little bit of both. I'm not sure. It doesn't really go into details about that, but there's definitely reason why the disciples may have been somewhat reluctant to go and preach and teach and do God's work in this village. There is no doubt today that the church universal, meaning all of Christianity, is at a place in history that, quite frankly, 
does not know what it's supposed to do next. I've been to annual conferences. I've been to various um, discussion groups. I've been in classes. We've read books. All about what is it that the church needs to do to revitalize itself. And you want to know something? Nobody has an answer. There aren't just an awful lot of answers floating around there. There are suggestions of, well, you know, we need to focus on, on mission. But in terms of someone just sitting out and drawing out a plan saying, well, if we do A, B, C, and D, everything's going to work out fine. Not really hearing a lot of that. The church had been at the front of American society for so many decades up until roughly the 1950s, early 1960s, that it really does not know how to function as a countercultural entity in today's day and age. And that's where we are beginning to find ourselves slowly moving into. The church is no longer mainstream, and quite frankly, I don't think it should try to be mainstream. The church, when it was most vital in the first century, was entirely countercultural. It didn't fit in. These Jesus followers were considered a bunch of oddballs by the Romans. They were seen as heretics by the Jews. And nobody really wanted to have anything to do with them, but they managed to set the world ablaze with their teaching. And so quite frankly, one point I would get to is that it might not be a bad thing that the church is losing its place as a fixture in the center of the culture. We can get back to not trying to pretend and actually be what we were meant to be. As United Methodists, we have structures in place that have been erected over the last century or so that were originally created to help facilitate the mission of the church, to go and tell the good news of Jesus to the entire world. The problem that we have come to is that in many cases, we're spending time propping up these structures for the sake of the structures, rather than what they were originally intended to do. We are at a time of needing to reinvent ourselves, to reinvent what it means to be the church. This doesn't mean changing our core beliefs. This doesn't mean changing the moral certainties that we cling to. What I believe it means is that we are to change how we act out those beliefs, how we observe those moral certainties, how we communicate it to the rest of the world, and to emphasize the sharing of the love of Jesus with everyone around us. No longer can we count on the government to be the arm of enforcing Christian mores and that which we know is right. And honestly, I'm not sure if we ever should have. And we also can no longer assume that people share common Christian beliefs. We must, as to quote one of my favorite movies, 
unlearn what we have learned and reshape ourselves to become more authentic than before. The good news in this is that Jesus does reach his intended audience. He does bring in the harvest that he's speaking of. He's in this town full of Samaritans. Jesus' intention is to share his good news with them. And he manages to do it. But not through his intended disciples. His disciples were supposed to be doing it, but again, either due to prejudice or through sheer stupidity, they didn't get it. And so what ends up happening? Jesus manages to accomplish his goal through a disgraced Samaritan woman. Ouch, that had to sting the egos of the disciples that day just, just a little bit. You see, we need to realize that just as God's plan for remaking all things is bigger and more important than our easily bruisable egos, God will do whatever is necessary to make His church vital and functional again, including causing temporary upheaval when it is necessary in order to create lasting life. chicken doesn't come out of the egg with the shell intact. The shell has to get broken for the chicken to get out. We need to not cling to our institutions as much to the calling of the gospel to share it and teach it and show it and live it to everyone that we know. When the church does that, it becomes more effective than the sum of its parts would indicate the church, when it is functioning properly, is stronger than sheer numbers should indicate. The failure of the disciples to see the task at hand merely meant that Jesus used other means to get the work done until His workers were ready for the work. And the good news is, is Jesus doesn't give up on the disciples. This is a teachable moment for them. And ultimately we see in the book of Acts, they seem to get it and they actually start to do what Jesus had called them to do. Today is the first full day of fall. Harvest is in full swing. We're going to blink and it's going to be Halloween. We're going to take a nap and it'll be Thanksgiving. And then after that, the Christmas tree is going to be up. Advent is coming up faster than we realize. This season that anticipates that great day when the harvest will finally come and God makes all things new through His Son. As we progress towards this time, my challenge to you all in this fall season is to ask yourselves, where do you fall in the story? Are you one of the disciples that's fumbling around looking for a sandwich, not quite sure exactly what they're supposed to be doing? So I'll be honest, I've been there before. My kids aren't the only ones that need a snack once in a while, and sometimes it's easy to get distracted by the day-to-day -day, uh, wants and needs that we have that we forget about what we're supposed to be about doing. So this is not an accusatory sermon of trying to lay blame on anybody. But this is something that I think all of us at various points in our lives can find ourselves as the disciples were on that day. 
Are you one of the people in the village of Sikar who had been overlooked by uh, people for ages and cast aside and scorned upon that have been living in a world that is, seems like it's falling apart and you're anxious and ready and willing to receive some good news for once and ready to jump at the opportunity to receive it as they did when Jesus came. Or are you like the woman at the well who once encountering Jesus goes and tells everyone you know about the one who came and told you everything that you ever did. The fields are indeed ripe for the harvest. The time is here. Where are the workers?